Today, we proudly begin season five of the Voices and Advocacy podcast with a great guest who, as a member of Congress, is the chairman of a powerful House committee. And our promise throughout season five is to bring you a host of diverse voices to the show, allowing you the opportunity to learn how advocacy advances issues that affect our society. Today, we speak with the chairman of the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Agriculture as we learn more about the Farm Bill and the importance of constituent engagement. Participate, engage, speak out, use your voice to be an effective advocate. The Voices in Advocacy podcast examines the diverse landscape of advocacy, exploring the ins and outs of building influence, driving change, and creating champion advocates. It's now time for the Voices in Advocacy podcast with your host, Roger Rickard. On today's show, we have the privilege and honor to speak with the U.S. House of Representatives Committee on Agriculture Chairman Glenn G.T. Thompson. Chairman Thompson is the descendant of a long line of dairy farmers and lifelong resident of Center County, Pennsylvania. He was first elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 2008, and he represents Pennsylvania's 15th District. He formerly served as the ranking member of the Full House Committee on Agriculture during the last Congress and as vice chairman during the 116th Congress. He is a proud Penn State and Temple University graduate where he earned a BS and a Master's of Education respectively. He and his wife, Penny, have three adult sons and two grandchildren. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to welcome Chairman G.T. Thompson to today's show. Well, thank you so much. What a pleasure and honor to be with you. Yeah, I do hail from uh, the home of the Farmers High School, which was the precursor to Penn State University uh, and uh, a, a great land-grant university. One, obviously, uh, my alma mater with my uh, uh, bachelor's degree, although I do tell people I'm the most bipartisan member of Congress from Pennsylvania because I graduated from Penn State Temple and I represent two Pitt campuses today. You can't get any more bipartisan in Pennsylvania than that. Well, that's that's fabulous. I was in your uh, area last weekend. I was in Altoona as I had the honor and privilege of, of uh, being the commencement address speaker at Penn State Altoona this weekend. Oh, that's excellent. You were just up the valley from my home, not far. I, I know that for sure. Hey, I'm sure your biggest priority as chair of the Agriculture Committee is getting the 2023 Farm Bill passed. Where are we at at this moment in that process? Well, I think we're in a good place. Uh, the only challenge we have, real challenge, is the clock, because the only thing we don't produce more of is time. Uh, but uh, the, the the tempo and the intensity uh, and the, and quite frankly, the professionalism, which with the team is working. We just got done marking up uh, five individual bills, uh, passed those out of committee, all bipartisan. Um, I, you know, that's the kind of momentum we have. We have a great committee. You know, I think that's working well together. Uh, obviously, uh, an important part of that is is doing the audit, finding out what uh, what works, what doesn't work. And and we were working very hard with that. Uh, Roger, I've been in uh, 41 different states, uh, some of those multiple times. Uh, over the course of two years and five months, 
uh, conducting listening sessions, uh, hearing, bringing the voices of American agriculture back to Washington. And so the amount of information that we have to work with is just incredible. And we're not taking our foot off the gas pedal with this. We're uh, The hearings that we do here in Washington uh, have been outstanding, uh, great input. Uh, so but between the, uh, the listening sessions around the country and the hearings in Washington, I think we're in, I think we're in a good place. Now again, we've got that challenge. Uh, this this uh, farm bill expires the end of September this year. Uh, but I tell people I've got one goal and thousands of objectives for the farm bill. And that one goal is that we get this done in a bipartisan, bicameral way, on time and highly effective. Now, I do believe anybody can get a farm bill passed if you water it down, but we we're not going to do that. We want it to be highly effective. You th do you think it'll pass on time? That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, we're leaning in on that. Uh, so you mentioned those listening sessions, which I think are fascinating. You're running around the country doing that. You mentioned uh, the number of states. Uh, what are you learning from that? Is there anything new? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's, it's very affirming in some sense. Uh, uh, you know, uh, when you get out, certainly the further out west you go, Water is a significant issue. Um, uh, labor is an issue everywhere. Uh, and not having reliable workforce leads us to food insecurity as a nation. And then on the different uh, farm bill uh, programs, the importance of crop insurance. Uh, and, and without exception, people want us to, to protect and defend uh, and strengthen where we could. And, uh, you know, I think there's some opportunities with uh, all of that disaster relief, weather-related that we spent since uh, the 2018 Farm Bill, which is really uncertain because it takes a, an additional act of Congress, getting some of that incorporated into crop insurance. Uh, the idea of that is is received very favorably. The importance of trade, I think that's a common theme, the, uh, the need to invest more money into the market access program, foreign market development, uh, you know, the, the fact that the importance of the nutrition's title staying within the farm bill because that is you know that 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 really is a rural value of neighbors help neighbors in need um and quite frankly every every calorie that's consumed under the nutrition title is grown by a farmer somewhere so it's actually a market so there's there's a lot of of uh you know not just helping people in need but quite frankly it's uh, it's good for american agriculture it's uh it, it's helping people being able to to purchase that food well, you, you you talked about different areas of this, and the Farm Bill, for those that, that don't know, is really wide-ranging and really quite comprehensive. I mean, uh, you mentioned uh, food security, there's hunger, there's co conservation, risk management, jobs, among many of the other. Is is that kind of an accurate description and oh, quite comprehensive? Well, the, the comprehensiveness of the Farm Bill reflects the comprehensive American agriculture and what, what it does for American families and America as a nation, right? It's, uh, uh, and we only spend less than 2% of overall national spending is on the farm bill, less than 2%. But the return on investment is huge when you look at uh, uh, nutrition, uh, risk management, when you look at jobs, uh, economic uh, activity, uh, when you look at the positive impacts on the environment and positive impacts on the climate. Uh, th there's no better return on investment in anything the United States does uh, than, than, quite frankly, what we do with the farm bill. But, and it's very comprehensive, right? Rural economic development. Uh, you mentioned some of the other titles, but also, uh, you know, credit. 
You know, there are some farmers and ranchers I've met that I know borrow more than a single year to produce a crop or a herd than what an average family in the United States borrows in a lifetime. Um, the, the miscellaneous title, it breaks down, it gets into agriculture, uh, workforce development, uh, large animal veterinarians, animal health. You know, it, it, th that's where you'll find the support for the tools uh, to prevent uh, foot and mouth disease, to prevent African swine fever from coming in this country. And quite frankly, the resources that we use to deal with the uh, AI, high path uh, uh, AI that's here impacting our poultry industry already. Yeah, and 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 by the way, as you're as you're talking about those farmers, is it correct? Uh, where I read a statistic not too long ago that ninety eight percent of all American farms are family owned and operated. Is that is that fairly accurate? I think that's completely accurate. Um, there's a lot of folks that will like to. In fact, I've had some friends, colleagues that have gone after trying to prevent farms that are incorporated. Because uh, they think big corporations, when you hear the word incorporated, from being act having access to things, important tools like crop insurance uh, or pursuing conservation uh, uh, programs. Uh, the fact is that uh, most of the corporations that we see in agriculture are families, families that incorporate just to be able to protect themselves from a liability perspective, right. which is smart. It's a tool that they can use to make sure that they they protect their personal assets and the assets of, of, of for, for their children and their family. And so, no, yeah, it, uh, uh, agriculture is a family business. Well, and, and, and we all consume their product, don't we? We sure do. We're dependent on, it, aren't we? I mean, yeah. you think about, and it's not just the, uh, the exercising those tools of agriculture three times a day, knife, fork, or spoon, um, you know, it's fiber, it's building materials, it's energy right. resources, you know, just the incredible amount of, uh, things that come off of that American agri uh, farm acreage, it, it just reflects the fact that American agriculture truly is science, technology, and innovation. Well said, well said. I want to take a different track real quick. I ask everyone this question. What is the first word that comes to mind when you think of the word advocacy? Uh, it is uh, speaking up and speaking out. Uh, it is uh, most recently the word uh, I, I use now uh, yeah, probably in the past couple of years. It, it's the I think the most important leadership skill that that I failed to teach. And I've been involved in teaching leadership my whole life. Uh, Roger, I'm, this is my 52nd year in scouting. I, I'd like to think I joined when I was one, but the program doesn't work that way. Um, you know, whether it's been in my church, fire department, in Congress, or professional associations, I've taught a lot of leadership. And it's only recently when uh, uh, that I've come to the conclusion I missed one of the most important one, and it's a synonym for advocacy. It is storytelling. And when you're in the agriculture industry has an amazing story to tell. And, and the best way to do that is to, to be a great advocate, ag advocate, is to tell the story, to be the face and tell the story of American agriculture. And uh, and it's a powerful story, the positive impacts we have. Well, and, and speaking of advocates, how can they be more effective in dealing with people like yourself, the elected officials and their staff? What What are a couple keys there? Make the effort. Uh, that's number one. Uh, quite frankly, folks in, uh, that are serving in government uh, and their staff at any level of government, and I think it's important to be an advocate at all levels of government. You know, at the local level, that tends to have a more immediate impact 
uh, whether it's zoning laws or ordinances. Uh, but but this is something that should be exercised at all levels. That's that's number one. Uh, you know, number two is the you know is to be that face. Uh, what and whether you're meeting with the actual elected official or their staff, either way is 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 fine. Uh, the the staff or uh, the staff we have are amazing people. They, um, I mean, they they really uh, work hard to be expert content experts, and so you're assisting us. Uh, information that somebody would share that gets recorded. Uh, if you bring a something in writing, that gets retained, and we put that into the file so that we can pull that out when the topic comes up and we need to work on something legislatively, or maybe it's something pushing back regulation with the with the executive branch. Uh, the, the information you share becomes the tools that we use. And so I just want people to be confident to do that. I know how, um, I, re I remember the first time as a young person, I, I, I came with a Penn State class and we sat down with, a, with our member, member of Congress uh, last millennium, right? Long time ago. And, uh, uh, and I just remember how nervous I was, you know, it's, geez, I was like, I'm not sure I should be here. But, uh, but when I left that meeting, I felt that I could do this. Now, I don't mean be a member of Congress. I mean, I could do this in terms of being an advocate right. uh, for the things that I believe in. And, uh, and and quite frankly, people need to understand that they're being helpful because they're bringing solutions right. uh, to the attention of policy to people that have the ability to set policy. Absolutely. Uh, kind of a final question, but it's a two-part question here. What are your biggest challenges as well as your biggest joys uh, in your job as a member of Congress? Uh, you know, the biggest challenge is, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, quite frankly, is the intensity of the days. I mean, they're, they're long days. And, uh, uh, and I, I, uh, I, and, and the fact that every, uh, if not every half hour, every 15 minutes, you're, you're kind of changing gear. It's such, uh, it's, it's really fast track. And that's, that's not a complaint. That's just an observation. It's, and a lot of walking, right? Uh, which is good because that's the only exercise I get. Uh, I, my staff have given me a total, I think, of five pedometers uh, and now a Fitbit uh, uh, that my my youngest son gave us for, for gave me for Christmas, and I refuse to use all of them. I, I'm, you know, I I got the caveman theory, right? Yeah, you, you sleep you sleep when you're tired and you eat when you're hungry, and and you just keep walking because uh, when you're in Washington, you do a lot of that, and it it is beneficial. Uh, back home, there's just a lot of miles. I represent a, a third of the landmass of Pennsylvania. And and so there's a lot of windshield time in between meetings. Uh, uh, but that's a part of the job. The, the, the biggest joy is uh, is making a difference in the lives of other people. Uh, sometimes, rarely, but sometimes you get the opportunity to do that legislatively. And I've been blessed in 15 years. I have uh, I've touched a lot of lives, whether it's my legislation with uh, telemedicine, uh, career and technical education, uh, the two farm bills I worked on and the one for the farm bill that I'm leading this time uh, and a lot of just a lot of different areas. Those things are those kind of victories are kind of rare when you're especially when, when you're working with working on a committee of uh, 535 between the House and the Senate. Uh, but it's the everyday things that you do with your staff back home. Uh, that just touches the lives of people in very small but very important ways to them, whether it's Social Security benefits, veterans benefits, passport issue. I mean, there's a whole host of uh, 
of, of calls that we take every day. And, and all of your constituent services and the work that your staff does on behalf of uh, the constituents exactly. of the 15th district in Pennsylvania. Any final thoughts or anything you'd like to add? Well, we need, uh, especially a field like agriculture, we, we need advocates. Um, and, uh, uh, and even outside the realm of agriculture, I always tell people, you do not want us making decisions using just the information found inside the Beltway of Washington. It would not work out well. Uh, that's why I encourage people to be great advocates, uh, to have a voice of advocacy, to be good storytellers, because you will help. Uh, quite frankly, you'll you'll help our nation. Uh, you'll you serve an important role within this constitutional republic. As I as I like to say, there might be a huge difference between K Street and Main Street. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up today's fantastic conversation with the U.S. House of Representatives Agriculture Committee uh, Chairman uh, Glenn G.T. Thompson. Mr. Chairman, I thank you so very much for being on the show today. Privilege and honor. Thanks for the opportunity. Great to see you again, sir. Good to see you too. You take care. Have a blessed day. As well. Thank you. Let's face it. Today's advocacy arena is just plain noisy. Organizations are stretched. You need every advantage to make sure your issue gets the attention it deserves and your voice heard. The RAP Index is the best way to do just that by finding your stakeholders' relationships and engagement power. Get past the noise. Know who your people know. Go to rapindex.com. That's rapindex.com and tell them Roger sent you for a special offer. If you like today's podcast, head over to where you find your podcasts and subscribe to the Voices in Advocacy podcast. A big thank you to today's guest. I appreciate your time and the unwavering passion for advocacy. Well, that's it for this episode of Voices in Advocacy. Remember, you have the power to be an effective, influential advocate. Now go out and make it a better world. We hope you enjoyed today's Voices in Advocacy podcast and look forward to you joining us again next week. To learn more about Voices in Advocacy, go to our website, voicesinadvocacy.com.